In Session with Dr. Farid Hulakwi. Good evening. Welcome to In Session. I'm your host, Dr. Fadir Tolakwi, and I'll be with you for the next hour here on Radio Hamra. Uh, don't take any calls today. I won't be doing any books because I'm actually joined by a very special guest tonight, and I'll introduce you to him now. Uh, I'm joined by the Egyptian artist Marwan Shaheen. He is an artist based in Los Angeles, California, and he's developed his practice from his studio home creating a striking depth with this idiosyncratic line and hatching technique to make art as a commitment to all you always using his craft for others who have a less of a voice than him creating mystical political pieces and cultural resistant works infused with dark humor and he uses rich graphic design skills and his artistic abilities um, to create incredible work he started off creating cover artwork for some of the biggest names in the music industry. Later, after grabbing the world's eyes with his infamous anonymous pharaoh during the Egyptian Revolution, which we'll be talking about tonight, his work is being exhibited worldwide and soon got the attention of his peers and idols. Shaheen's practice is considered as a continuation of what his ancestors were doing 7,000 years ago. He documents our current history through beautiful, thought-provoking art. Marwan, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure. And, you know, wow. so we, we have a mutual friend, Aria, who uh, we actually met a few years ago at, at his home or his apartment and are now continuing to connect together. And we might actually talk about the work that we are doing um, at the end of tonight's show. I think we might get a chance to talk about that. But first, wanted to talk about you, get to know you a little bit better. Um, I hope people, of course, this is an audio show, but they'll hope they'll check out your, your work. But maybe you could tell us a bit about us. I know that's a big about yourself. Sorry, that's a, a big question because there's so much. Um, tell us a little bit about your background. I mentioned you're Egyptian. I think you were born there and came here not that many years ago. Maybe you could tell us a little about your life, and then we'll get into you as as the person and the artist that you are. Absolutely. Um, so I um, I'm Egyptian. I was born and raised in Egypt. Um, I could say I've been drawing like my whole my whole life and um, that was uh, that was the thing that I always wanted to do I just wanted to make art and mm -hmm. um, I guess uh, I guess around the age of like three I started making art for the first mm -hmm. time and but I was born in like a I would guess like a, a lower middle class family, so I really wanted to always have that motivation, that drive to make something or like change the situation. Mm -hmm. That was like mm -hmm. something that I always felt. Um, I guess like my work, uh, my work started to my work started to get attention during the Egyptian Revolution. Mm -hmm. um, I did this uh, street art. I went outside with my friends, and I literally had no idea it was going to result in that way, or people would even react to it. I just had this image in my head that mm -hmm. I thought represented what representing what was happening. That image was um, the Tutankhamun pharaoh with yeah. the Guy Fox. Uh, the Viva Vendetta mask. Yeah, or, or it's also like anonymous, I think, wears that. Yes. So it's this like a mask that represents a lot of things. Like, I mean, maybe you can explain it better. What do you think that mask represents to you? Honestly, I feel like that mask is the most uh, 
like the most recognizable image of um, of a revolting and rebellion and just uh, standing against the system. Like that's was what that image always represented. Like I I remember the first time I ever saw the that mask was in the movie in the Viva Vendetta movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember when the Egyptian revolution was happening during the Arab Spring, I was feeling like I was in that movie. That was, mm. the, the events was so parallel. And that's what drove me to make that piece, yeah. literally. like Because I was like, whoa, this is like Viva Vendetta, man. Um, because basically what happened is like the government acted the same way that the, gov- the British government acted in the Viva Vendetta movie. They decided like oh they the people want to revolt on us let's show them how much they need us and mm-hmm. they ended up opening like the jail cells and letting uh thugs outside they would arm them give them weapons and let them look like let chaos outside so people would feel the danger and they there was no cops there was mm-hmm. no like you, there was no cops because you, you basically the whole protest started of started off like uh going uh confronting pre- police brutality so the cops were withdrawn and then you have thugs mm-hmm. out in the streets so we had to defend our homes we literally me and my brother and my father would be like outside our own home with sticks in the middle like wow. doing shifts so we can protect our home because we don't know who would come in and break in like literally and that was the case with all the neighborhoods mm. wow yeah, I don't know. You know, and I was talking to you just, we had a few minutes before that I was looking forward to, I know you, I've met you a few times, we've gotten to talk, but to to get to know you and what you really have gone through in your life, because I've heard pieces of it, but getting to hear more of that, I didn't know about, you know, that experience and the experiences, and I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about it, because a lot of us saw it on the news or on TV, the, the you know, Egyptian revolution, we talked about it before, it was 2011, uh-huh. right? And so... You could, uh, you know, if you could tell us a little bit more about that, I think what's also interesting is you said it seems like it was a moment of inspiration. I'm actually reading a book. I don't know if you know The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Actually, I love that book. Yeah, it's a really, I mean, I thought as an artist you might enjoy it. I uh, love that book. Yeah, it's one of my favorite books of all really, time. Absolutely. That's, a, that's amazing. Yeah, we didn't talk about that before, but I'm reading that right now to talk about it on my show Wednesday. And, you know, when you think about art, sometimes we, it's a, so many things, but one of the things that it could be is, you know, bringing together two things that, you know, existed in the world, but were never brought together. And it seems like in that moment, you brought some of, you know, Egyptians' history, the Egypt history with the present or somehow the present moment or this Guy Fox mask representing revolution mm-hmm. and put them together in a way no one obviously had done before. And it seems like it sparked a lot of interest or people really related to that. So maybe you could talk about that. And so you're saying the first time you came up with it, you went in it was with like kind of like what we call graffiti, like spray, spray yeah, paint. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did it in like yeah. uh, in forty-five minutes. Wow, so that was like the quickest art I ever made. Like my painting usually take like one to three months. <laughs> mm-hmm. So imagine if I'm doing like a whole mural in forty-five minutes. So wow. it was like a really rushed job, uh-huh. and I had like some help from my friends. I had some help from my brother. So yeah, I I honestly was like in art school, and that wasn't even like that wasn't even the thing. It's just that, like that wasn't like an, a thing that I was doing. I wasn't making street art at that time. I was yeah. actually making album covers, and I was like l- loving it. <laughs> uh-huh. It was it was it was great, and uh, yeah, I just felt so inspired because that was absolutely the most inspiring experience I ever had in my life. Mm. It changes perspectives. 
it, yeah. it, it, the, like it, it, it lit up something inside me. I was excited for the first time. You have to understand, like I was born in an Egypt where, like Mubarak was like a god. Like we could, mm-hmm. we didn't have a, ch- a chance of changing it. That was it. And yeah. a lot of people weren't happy. I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy about like our current situation and the oppression and the police brutality. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, things were, were pretty bad. How old were you then at the revolution? 21. 21, okay. So, yeah, you were kind of coming into adulthood, coming Absolutely. into your own in that way. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was the thing. I just, like, that was just something that lit up inside me, and I wanted to go and do something about it. So I made this uh, stencil, and I went outside and did it in two hours. Yeah. And that was it. And so, you know, people like art is one of those things. It's subjective and people can have their own interpretation. What do you think it meant to people seeing that that representation? Because I think it's pretty cool. Again, it's Egypt. You know, all people have a, they can have a rich history, but yeah. it connects them to something. But it was also to that present moment that maybe it's like we're not being the best of ourselves right now. Right. We want something different. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I have a funny story about that. When I, When I did it, actually, I did it at night. And I, I went home, and then went again in the morning to look at it in the in the daylight. Uh-huh. So I went there, and there was this lady looking at it, and I was like, "What do you think?" And she was like, "It's scary. Hmm. I live right across the street. I have to look at this every day." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man, that that that, that did not translate at all." And I was kind of like, kind of bummed about it. Yeah. Like it didn't go it didn't come across you know like what i was trying to say didn't come across and i thought i thought maybe it was just go over people's head but it mm-hmm. didn't mm. it really didn't and that was the shocking part people really reacted to it like to the point where like the protests after uh after february uh 11 literally uh, the people start wearing the mask the beaver mm. vendetta mask in the protests it became a thing like people recognized that image so much it became a thing um, it ended up getting all this like media attention and uh, ended up being on this book cover called uh, Walls of Freedom, which documented all the street art that happened during that time. Mm, wow. And they chose that image to be the cover. So it was like great honor to me. Mm-hmm. So the thing that happened after that book came out, the Egyptian government banned the book. Wow. Because they thought it was um, instigating like uh, yeah. instigating like revolt against mm-hmm. the police and the military and stuff so they were like no that book then can't come and when that happened media also talked about the book being banned and when they showed the book they showed the covers so my mm-hmm. image became more and more recognizable as something that was banned and something that was making shaking the the system, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. As, as is often the case when something gets banned, it actually brings it more actually, attention to it. Absolutely. You know? yeah. absolutely. It's crazy. It's crazy like that. Um, but yeah, when that happened, my work got so ma- so much attention. I got into like all the, the media outlets, like all the major ones. My work got straight to museums. Like I didn't get to the gallery standpoint. What, so your some of the work was taken to museums from that. That, that piece wow. was shown in museums in Spain, Jordan, um, Argentina. Like literally, when I was in Egypt, I was twenty one, wow. and like this piece is like traveling the world and being like celebrated. So did they take the wall? Like what did they do? N- How they, did they? They 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 would they would they would print it. 
and oh, they print would, it. Like, okay. sh show it as a print. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can actually kind of uh, mention print. I have a I have a papyrus, the, uh, you know, version of it that I got to go at, you know, when I went to your art gallery that I think was up till just this past weekend, right? In, Absolutely. In Hollywood. So I got a papyrus uh, version of it, of this, you know, the, Amazing. the Guy Fox. They sold out. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool. So I thought it was very cool to have that, yeah. um, which I know is kind of like an iconic piece in general, but definitely for yourself as as an artist. Thank you, Farida. Yeah. Appreciate oh, you picking I that up. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And I, thought, I think it's such a cool thing to have, but I think it's, you know, it's, we're talking about it in this positive way, but I know it also created, you know, for you some challenges. Like I think it, with the government, you actually personally got not attacked, but it, persecuted it, it in some definitely, way. It definitely put the, the like, with attention, it bring like, you don't it know. It put the spotlight on it's you. It yeah. put the spotlight on yeah. you. And everybody's watching. The people who celebrate you and the people who don't want you to make right. that kind of stuff. So what happened was that I started making, I actually got into the military. That was like part of my experience in Egypt. After that, I got into, after doing that piece, I was like such a revolutionary at that point. Mm. I'm so, I'm so in it. Yeah. I'm so invested. I'm part of this movement and I needed to work. And uh, joining the, the military kind of like broke me down because wow. it was like, uh, you have no choice in doing this. Forget your art. Forget what you aspire to do for a whole year. You have to serve us. The the same exact organization that I've been protesting for the wow. past three years. So it was almost like a form of punishment that they. No, that's the, how it is for everyone. Oh, okay. Well, in Iran also there's certain you know mandatory uh, military uh, service that oh, every, I every adult that. male has to do. Uh, two years, I think starting is at 18. Yeah, I think 18. it's at 18. And so you hear a lot about people dealing with that, trying to get around it if they can. Or Absolutely. Sometimes if you're a student or if you're a student out of the country, I definitely shouldn't speak too much on it because I don't know the details, but I know mm -hmm. that's something that you'll you hear about a lot. So in, in Egypt, it's at what age that you... It, 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 you have to do with after after you finish school. So after you okay. finish like school and college, you can't get a job, you can't travel, you can't go anywhere until you finish your mandatory service. Wow, and how long is that? Mandatory. So it's between a year to three. If you're lucky, you get a year. I was lucky, so I got one year. Yeah. But people sometimes a lot of a lot of my friends got three years in it. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. That's you know. And so I'm, we're actually at a commercial break. But Absolutely. after the break, I think we can maybe pick up on the story because you know you, you served in the military, and then I think a lot had to happen after yeah. that got you here to the to the U.S. So yeah. uh, after the break, we'll continue with Egyptian artist Marwan Shaheen. We'll be right back. Welcome back again. I'm joined tonight by artist Marwan Shaheen. So Marwan, you know, we talked about a lot of things, jumped around a little bit. Um, you know, we were getting into when you had to do military service, which was such, I can only imagine, you know, uh, you say it as a statement, but imagining you having to serve an entity that you were protesting against and you saw cause so much harm to, to your family and loved ones. Um, but going back uh, a little bit, I wanted to know more about the, you know the experience and the revolution. So you you know you mentioned you had this moment of inspiration where you did this piece of art that took on a life of its own then and even continues to, to be you know really something significant. But I would just be curious to know more about what it was like during that time. You know the I can only imagine the chaos, the fear, the excitement. Like so many feelings must have been going on, which is I, I'm sure part of what inspired you, Absolutely. you know, art comes from feelings, right? So, but if you could talk a bit of, more about that from your own perspective or what you experienced, I think that could be interesting 
for, for us to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, I, like I was saying, it was definitely the most inspiring uh, experience that I've had in my life yet. Mm. Uh, just the, the 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 energy, the people you talk to, the people, and they all lit up. It was not just me; it was everyone. Yeah, you go in the protest, and everybody's so passionate about changing and mm-hmm. we love this country we care about this country we want to make it a better country and we could mm-hmm. do this and we could bet that and it was it was it was amazing it was yeah there was fire in the people and that was the the the, the cool the really great part sure there was fear the government tried to shut that down and this how they could control people fear right yeah so that was like the there that was the approach they took on people um I, I like going out in these protests I had to experience some really amazing times and I had to experience some really traumatic times. I saw a kid getting shot in front of me uh, and fall uh, and die. And something like that was like something that like that is imprinted in my head. I'll mm. never forget seeing it. Oof, you know what I mean? Gosh. And he, I I could only think about like he's just he's just he's just me. Yeah. He's just me. He just wanted the same thing. He just wanted a better place, you know? And he just had a he just had to be in a worse spot than I was because I was literally like ten feet away. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like it was not that far at all. And I saw him like I saw the the van that, that did it. Like I saw the whole thing, and that's when like I was like, okay, I kind of feel like I, I need to live a little bit longer. I was yeah. twenty one, you know wow. what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, well, fear. I mean, look, fear is a real feeling because there's something to be afraid of. Like, you know, there's actual danger. It's not fake, and that's what makes it so hard. Is like what you're describing. There's all these very strong, conflicting feelings. Like you see the injustice, and you want to create change, and you're passionate about that. But then there's so much fear from what you have to experience these things, or you see these things right in front of your eyes. Like you're saying, a few feet away from you, probably a boy your your age or roughly mm-hmm. your age. I can only imagine what that was like you know and and i think it's always easy i even hear this for iran or whatever any place be like oh people should just go if they protest and make a change you know but we forget that whoever has to go out there they're the ones that pay the price and it's very easy from outside to say go do this or go make the sacrifice but the people that are there i mean that's what i was saying i could only imagine the feelings that were going on yeah they're martyrs right they're giving up their life for something they believe in but it's such a you know intense i can only imagine the intensity of what it was like to be there and and also what you mentioned you know people being so passionate about change like this country can be this i think it's always something i find puzzling you see it in the u.s too where it's like you can't criticize even though we have like this you know freedom of speech much more than many other countries but you can't criticize something because if you do that means you don't love it so you should leave when it's actually when you really love something you see the potential it has and you don't want it to be bad in the ways that it's bad whether it's your country or actually even a loved one or yourself we should have that it's still a loving place of it is i want you to be the best of you i want me to be the best of me so we look at that as I want it to change, not because I think it's bad, but I know it could be even better. better. And so I'm sure, you know, it seems like the people there were like, you know, we can be so much better. And that's why I was thinking about, you know, connecting it to the history of like, you know, we used to have this greatness too, or this, you know, all this good. And I think maybe that's what your, I can see your piece of art there, of the Pharaoh connecting that. It's kind of like our present and our past, what we were, what we could be. Honestly, the, 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 the exact, you were spot on and what we could be like the greatness. This is exactly what it wanted to present, but I had to be really careful. Sure. Like uh, the Tutankhamun 
original it has a, like a crown he has like mm-hmm. a snake on top of his head uh-huh. so i had to take that off because i didn't want him to represent the king i wanted him uh-huh. to represent the people right but i wanted to give that that greatness imagery mm-hmm. to the protester he represents the people basically yeah. he represents he's the anonymous pharaoh right he's just another protester that no one knows yeah. about i almost got children i'm like the anonymous pharaoh it's kind of like the people have the power so they are the the king or the royalty Absolutely. together, right? And that so there's was, something there. That yeah. was the realization that we, the like the people realized that, oh, we can actually get together and we have the power to change mm-hmm. things around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Our voice has power. It's more, we're more powerful than the government. We're more powerful than the the pharaohs. We're more powerful than the, the dictators. You, you can just like voice your opinion and... It could be heard. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I think, well, you know, again, art is subjective. When I see that mask, it, you know, I think the mask to me it represents no one and everyone at the same time, right? It's a kind of anonymous meaning that it's it could be any of us, but it's also all of us because mm-hmm. everyone is is part of that. So it's not that it's removing the identity, but it's actually unifying in that sense that Absolutely. it's everyone in that way. Um, but yeah, you know, the, I'm sure you have a lot of stories of what you went through there. I do want also go back into your own personal history of, okay, so you went through this, then you had to serve in the military, which must have been very, I can only imagine the conflict within you having yeah. to go through that process. It was definitely conflicting, especially because, like, as I said, you're, like, I've been passionate about, I've been a passionate revolutionary for, like, three years, and by the end of it, like, you see, like, every old signs of this the spirit of the revolution is dying and mm. everything is calming like all the dust is like settling now and now i have to like surrender myself to the same exact people that I was protesting yeah so that yeah. was hard i'm i'm against the idea of doing mandatory military service in mm. any country not yeah, just in I egypt agree. i'm with in, you on that in, in, in iran yeah. in israel in turkey in every country that is not cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I am with you on that because uh, i think also i mean it's a bigger picture of like how we look at what's important in the world uh, you know and how we approach our problems unfortunately throughout yeah. history it's been through fighting to get to a solution which never you know as they say it's like war doesn't prove who's right it just proves who's left because like you know someone dies and someone survives so Ex- it's kind of exactly. like you know exactly. it's not the right way to approach it but i do want to so you had to serve but i know as far as what we even talked about briefly is that you you're no longer allowed in Egypt. So it's not th- that, as far as, or something, or that I, it's not I, safe I, for I, you It's to go not back. safe for me to go back. Cause when I came here to America, I had all these pieces that I documented the events of the revolution. Yeah. I documented like a very famous girl who got stripped down and beaten. And all you could see, she was wearing a burqa and mm. these soldiers strip her down and they were kicking her stomping her on the floor and all you could see is her, her blue bra that image is so famous and i so you took that photograph is that i or? took that photograph for reference and uh-huh. i illustrated it as uh like a pharaonic image like i, I mm. illustrated her as nevertiti and the wow. same style as the ancient egyptians like how they documented their battles and their history through the art that's how we know their history because mm-hmm. we just looked at their walls right and everything was drawn so I'm, I'm i was trying to do the same thing and tell this modern history tell this modern story what what happened what happened there there was there was people there that just wanted to change their country and 
Some mm. of them got really hurt. Some of them died. Some of them are in, still in jail. Some of them died in jail. Mm. And that's just what it is. Yeah. And and so you were in it, but you're also trying to make sure you documented it so yeah. it was remembered correctly or, you know, people, the suffering wasn't in vain or people were like not Absolutely. I wanted to immortalize everyone yeah. that was part. I wanted to immortalize this this iconic moment in Egyptian history because that was the light that I saw. Mm. Like, since I was little, I was like very, in, how do you say, not content. Mm-hmm. I was not con- in content with like my situation and how the country was going, how I I was not accepted as an artist. They told me uh-huh. you have to get a job. In, uh-huh. the, in this country, you need to be a doctor, you need to be a, uh, an architect, you need to be a, a, um, an officer of the law, you need to mm-hmm. be something. But what is art? And everyone from my parents, my friends, my girlfriend at the time, like everyone around me was so against it. Mm-hmm. And that was just like that was killing me my whole life. You know, we have a lot of uh, Iranian. Most of our listeners are Iranian. I think they can very much relate to that same mindset that, you know, be a doctor, lawyer, or these few of these quote unquote respectable or good yeah. professions. And the, many of the rest are not. And art is something that very often gets looked down on or it's Absolutely. something you do on the side but mm-hmm. as a profession or it's not even a profession um and i don't know how it is for in egypt what something i've talked about on the show is that you have that mindset very strongly but then some of the people we celebrate the most in our history are the poets for example right Absolutely. who are artists right yes. so it's just kind of a funny thing where you have that juxtaposition of like the people that make us proud the people that represent how good we are but then now if you want to be an artist it's looked down on it's like a funny juxtaposition to have that is it like that in egypt where <laughs> some of the artists are re- like respected in history but not in the present absolutely honestly in egypt there's like i'm pretty sure you know like egypt is like the hollywood of the middle east like they are mm-hmm. the frontier of the cinema and the music like even like some of the i'd come here and i went to a wedding and they were playing egyptian music and <laughs> i was like it was like an armenian wedding uh-huh. and they were playing egyptian music and i was like what is this like <laughs> how do you guys even know this uh-huh. <laughs> so it's like their stuff is so recognized uh, the, the the egyptian media is just so recognized so they celebrate their actors mm-hmm. they celebrate their singers mm-hmm. but i never grew up learning of any famous egyptian artists that mm. was like making something really important you know what i mean yeah i grew up and then i was also very shocked that like we never took the rich history like like you have this all rich culture all these lotus flowers all this architecture all this design and it was not referenced upon like you look at you go to china you go to japan Mm-hmm. You see, their their homes now are kind of like inspired by like their ancient home. They're still in touch with their with their heritage, mm-hmm. but Egypt's kind of like, oh, this is the old stuff, and now we just live like this. And I'm like, no, we have this amazing like reference. We can like we have the the most rich culture in in history. We can just like build upon that, and we could advance. And no one no one is doing it. Not mm-hmm. not a single artist took that route and started like developing upon what 
the like ancestors. Bridging but. the past and the present. Absolutely. Or Interesting. Well, I think, I think you're, that Guy Fox was some of that. Maybe that's why it that was, resonated so much. There was a, uh, something was missing in that space that you created. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it definitely set the tone for the rest of the, my work. Like my, the focus of my work was like, oh, okay, I need to do this. I need to yeah. bridge that gap. This is what I did and this is what worked. Interesting. So I need to do this with other works. I need to talk about other things mm. in the same like, same way, yeah. yeah. Which I think actually we have a couple minutes in this segment, um, and then after the break maybe we can talk about some of your work in the future. But just to kind of clarify, it's not that you you got some pressure from the government that made you feel that going back would not be safe or yeah. because you got recognized as someone who was uh, both Political. documenting, yeah, politically, you know, Political. documenting what was going on inciting maybe yeah, you know, yeah. revolts based on or tumult based on your art so there's a, a so lack it, of comfort it, it, to go yeah back. exactly so in, in Egypt right now if you are politically like active you're not actually really safe sure. that's how it is mm -hmm. and uh, I've known people who got into like prison jail oh. for just stating their opinion through a tweet through a meme through a piece of art through music so I don't want to put myself. I've been in the military in Egypt, and it was a lot, a lot like jail. So I can only imagine how jail is like. Yeah, I could get. So it's like not even the risk of going back feels too strong. And exactly. actually, you mentioned Twitter. And I don't want to go on a side note. I think or tweet. Um, I think actually Twitter, like that was a big movement for Twitter too, because that was one of the ways that people were communicating and spreading the word about what was going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Twitter where, actually, when Egypt shut down the internet, Twitter gave us access to you can tweet through a text message that's what it was Cause i remember there's something that twitter became a big part of absolutely the twitter was yeah. like was like okay we're gonna help these people they're using yeah. our platform to voice their opinion have these insane movement let's help them so they yeah. allowed twitter so you can text a, a, a number and you would get the tweets that's going on so wow. you would know what happened what's happening that's yeah i remember there's something really big and it's you know we think of twitter it's so part of culture now but 10 years ago it was big but it wasn't as big as it is now mm -hmm. and i think actually i know the egyptian revolution was significant or the whole arab spring like there was a lot of the tweets that were the first the first day was 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 actually organized as a facebook event Ah. Like the January twenty fifth, yeah. it was right. It was organized as a Facebook event, so oh, wow. you can see how social media. That's yeah. why they shut the internet down. You're right, of course. Yeah, they well, like, kind oh. of information spreading. Yeah, 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 anything that can organize people, they're always gonna try to get in the way of that. And that's the interesting thing, you know. Um, after the break, we might be able to talk about this project that we're collaborating with a group of others on. And when I think of things like social media, or you hear about the metaverse, or these different things, sometimes it's like, is it good or is it bad? But it's usually that. It could be good and bad. It depends on how we use it, like almost anything. So Absolutely. like you're saying, social media, a lot of people say, oh, it's so bad. And it does have bad influences in society and on individuals. But it was also a way to unify and bring people together in different ways as well. So what I think we could do is after the break, you can maybe tell us a bit about the art you're doing now or what we can look for. And you and I, I think if we have some time, we could talk about the Astro Emojis project that we are collaborating with some Absolutely. others on to, to share about that We'd as love well. To. So again, I'm joined by artist Marwan Shaheen. We'll be right back. Welcome back again, my guest tonight, Marwan Shaheen. And Marwan, uh, in the previous segment, talked about a lot of different things, but we were talking about the types of art that you do. And I know you, you know, you're talking about doing this. It was your first, actually, I think you said time, like doing like a 
mural, you know, spur of the moment that became so well known. But maybe you could tell us a bit about the different types of art that you do and also what we can look for. By the way, I wish we had, you know, I had Marwan on a week or two ago because his art uh, was in a gallery, Art Scene LA in Hollywood. It was a really great show. I don't want to hype it up too much because you can't go to it anymore and I feel like, you know, making you think you missed out, but you did. But hopefully there'll be the some galleries coming up soon. But tell us a bit about the art that you're doing, things that you're involved with, um, and what we can look out for. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. My, my my practice is mostly, like, I try to make art out of everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I paint, I make sculptures, I make graphic design, I make digital art, I make um, clothes, I make, like, uh, tapestries. Like, my hands, whenever, whenever I get my hands on something, I try mm-hmm. to make art out of it. And I go out of my way to try new things. Like I've been uh, recently, I was in Justin Studios, and that's like the biggest uh, stained art glass factory oh, cool. in in the world, and it's right here in LA. And I've been lucky enough to like just go inside and see how they made like the biggest churches uh, stained glass, and like look at how I could use that ancient and same time new technologies that they have to make something with glass you know what i mean that was, cool. that's the thing that i always try to different things i don't like to do something just exclusively i try to expand mm-hmm. nice and uh yeah yeah we could talk, yeah you know that's very cool and like you know even at the gallery i went to you had um there was everything from paintings there was like kind of like a rug type of a thing that yeah. was really cool there was digital art there was something you had made out of lighters Absolutely. Uh, that yeah. was kind of cool which i guess was that lighters you'd gotten from people over the yeah, years yeah, or something yeah, yeah i think Ari we was made a piece that. we made a piece called smoking kills and it's basically <laughs> a thousand lighters and it's it, the lighters are organized in a way where it looks like a skull right yeah they're kind of yeah. like a skull that was pretty cool yeah there was so it's just like you know i i saw even in that one uh, gallery i saw very different kind of types of mediums of art that you you know are involved with and do and you mentioned digital art and you know maybe i thought for a few minutes we could talk about i've mentioned a few times throughout the show today this uh project that we are collaborating on i shouldn't just say collaborating as in it's just us two but we have you know there's a whole team that um uh, you know I'm, i'm trying to think of how to present this so it's an nft project which uh, if you're not sure what an NFT is, that makes two of us because I don't really know it that well <laughs> myself. It's a very it's, new space It's a non-fungible token. Non-fungible token is what NFT stands for. That's right, Marwan. Thank you for adding that. <laughs> and that might not make you know any more about it which it, because it's a little <laughs> bit confusing. Fun, that's funny about it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like what, the more you know somebody, the less you know about yeah. something like this. But anyway, so it involves um, digital art and having the essentially owning a piece of art but it's digital in some way think of it that way uh, the way it's been presented to me is like you can have a picture of the mona lisa but there's one actual mona lisa similarly there could be digital images of something but you can own the kind of like owning the original copy of that which is what nfts in a way uh, in a nutshell in a very um not a great explanation of a nutshell of it is kind of something like that but i'll leave that part aside and more move towards the art of it and what the art represents and why i'm involved which is that um the aim or one of the focuses of this project is promoting mental health helping people even get access to some mental health types of either services or wellness types of of services so first so it's called astro emojis maybe you could tell us first about 
what that even what's an astro emoji what does it kind of look like i know there's 11,111 of these but what's the kind of theme of the astro emojis so yeah the astro emojis are basically astronauts humans in the future who are wearing emoji helmets mm-hmm. to represent how to express express themselves and yeah. express how they they feel Right, and it's like a, an interpretation of how we are living now. Everybody is using social media to put heart emojis and uh, happy emojis, and mm-hmm. they post happy stuff. But in real life, we all deal with our demons, but that stuff is not really shown. It's hitting yeah. inside. Yeah. So that was the main inspiration yeah. of how I came up with like the astro emoji character. It it definitely like the concept was there, but like coming up with like how we're gonna represent that was mm-hmm. the challenge. Yeah, I think that's really you know that's something when I I heard about it, I thought that was so cool that just you know it's represented in a lot of ways of wearing a mask or you know being two faced or being you know I think some of your art I've seen incorporate some of those things too. But um, you know we represent a lot of ways. But I thought that's cool as an astronaut they're having these helmets, and because it's kind of like translucent in a way you can see. That the expression of the person, the astronaut, is different from what the emoji is is showing, which I think is how we often are in the world. And social media can amplify that of experiencing something, being something within, but showing something different without to the world of, oh, I'm happy even if you're not. Or I'm really having a good time even though I might be miserable or not like my life or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought that was a cool way of kind of these astronaut helmets being the mask, so to speak. Um, And then, so, you know, as the, you know, so there's that part, which is cool. That's kind of like this, we have a mask that we show to the world. And then there's this, well, where are these astronauts going? I don't know if you want to talk about that. Um, I would like that. The thing is like, I I imagine them using, um, I imagine them going to other planets to, to experience some stuff. So, like they would be like it would be so crowded here in the, on mm-hmm, Earth, mm-hmm. so they would have to go to another planet to experience love, or they would have to go to another planet to experience anger, and they would have to go to another planet to do these expressions, and they would like customize their outfits and their helmets based upon what they're feeling. Yeah, and I think that was like you know this cool kind of like concept of like they're exploring and. And, you know, it could be considered other planets, but I know the way, you know, we were talking about, it's kind of like, rather than going to outer space, they're going to inner space because they're trying to understand themselves better. Understand these emotions. Yeah, these emotions, experiences, learn about themselves more. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was cool. So it's rather than outer space, it's kind of like inner space space. and trying to create inner peace. Absolutely. Um, And then that's a cool thing. So... Uh, there's different types, you know, they're in, and there really are beautiful pieces of art themselves. I've shown many people and it's not even about, you have to know about NFTs or care about them, but just as pieces of art, uh, Marwan is incredibly talented in these pieces of art. Maybe I'll post some on my uh, page sometime the, the, soon. The, the cool thing about Astromojis as being as NFTs is like what, when you own an NFT, you get utilities with it. It's right. not like just like I could post those Astromojis and someone could right click save them or screenshot them yeah but you don't really own it but when you buy the nft you basically own that image and with with that ownership comes utilities so what what was like the aim of the project was to shed light on mental health and our mental wellness Mm -hmm. and so that was not just enough like it was not just about shedding light it was about actually helping 
the people mm-hmm. who are want to help themselves and want to get that mental help so if you actually like would own an astromoji nft you would get utilities with that like you would get access to mental health courses yeah so down the line access to like maybe meditation courses that you know we're partnering with or actual types of therapy or treatments that you can at least get or at least start in some way so Mm -hmm. that's what i thought was cool about the project so i was um, asked to come in as like a kind of consultant and you know mental health side to see the the people we'd partner with to see also we're hosting you know twitter spaces different types of areas where people can talk about mental health related issues Mm -hmm. which we've already been doing so you can check some of those out so i really felt like the project it wasn't just saying oh mental health or just the images had a mental health component to them or aspect of the art it was actually tangible things of trying to promote uh mental health mental wellness and you know this nft space is a new space and trying to make a focus on on mental health and wellness so yeah there's you know things like that and again if some of this sounds a little bit abstract it does to me too, even as I talk about it, because I'm still understanding more and more about it. Uh, I think the last thing I think, which is kind of cool about the Astro Emojis, I was saying there's like different types. And one of the things that I you know, I know we talked about is like, there's some that don't have a helmet anymore. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's because they've achieved that inner peace they, that they no longer need. Yeah, they're enlightened in a way, yeah. and they don't need this mask to either protect them or to share an image to the world because Absolutely. they can just be themselves, themselves. Yeah, which is, can. you know, what I think we all want to promote is this feeling of, I can just be me and be okay with being me, and I don't need to show some other image to the world. So that, I think that's a pretty cool concept. Absolutely. You know? Thank you, man. I, I, I definitely thought that was, like, a great component just to, like, put that helmet on that that's just everyone that's just rep- resonates with everyone everyone yep. just like wearing a face yeah and uh, just letting go and being it's like some of the astrologies without their helmet are actually like sad their mm-hmm. their expression are sad and they're content with that they're, yes that's that's how i'm feeling right now and that's that's okay mm-hmm. and that was like the the idea is just to have some of them and unfortunately they're not a lot of them because yeah. unfortunately not a, a lot of us are actually in yeah. that yeah. space right yeah right like i wish i am <laughs> i think it's aspirational right we're trying to get there or so it's a process and like you said I, I think that was a beautiful point i like that too that it's not that when you're quote unquote enlightened or you've reached inner peace you're always happy or only happy not at all it's just that you're in touch with whatever's there and you're okay with whatever is there and okay with showing that and sharing that with the world first sharing it with yourself because mm-hmm. you you know you can't share it with the world if you don't share it with yourself first but just being that so yeah you might be sad you have a bad day and that's something that i think um also on social media there's sometimes a movement towards like no bad days always be happy always be in a good mood and it could put this pressure that we always have to feel good mm-hmm. but that's not realistic and it's not human and it's not what really makes life beautiful which is experiencing all the things that come with being human um, so I think that's a cool part too where it's like these even the ones that are enlightened they don't need a helmet but it's not that just they're happy but they can be going through lots of things but that mask is no longer needed or that helmet is no longer needed which I think is pretty cool exactly yeah so yeah you can, you can check out I'll post some stuff um, about that you know I think our, our you know the release date's going to be December 7th which is next Tuesday. Um, again, if you're not involved in the space at all, don't worry about it. You know, just if you want to check out the artwork, I think it's pretty cool. But if you have any interest, you can go check it out. And I hope you, um, if you are, you're going to be interested in, in, in joining. And as Marwan said, it, it's it might seem a bit complicated, but in a way, when you own this 
these pieces, it can serve kind of like a, a digital ticket that could get you access to different things, even events, sometimes actual events in person, or it could be access to certain services or certain things that, that you would get. So really what I drew me to this project, of course, Marwan is a, a great human being and a great Thank artist, but then also Arya, who was you know, a friend of mine, and he's a great person, and he showed me that they really want to promote mental health and mental wellness, and I thought you know, it would be cool to be a part of that. So Astro Emojis, check it out if you're interested. Uh, we do have to, to wrap up for tonight, but Marlon, thank you so much for joining me. Farid, thank you so much for having me. Uh, uh, it, was, it was great. It was, it was a pleasure. You know, it was nice to just have a conversation before we mentioned we'd seen each other a few times, but I knew I'd get to learn more about you, which I absolutely did. I'm <laughs> looking forward to learning more about you. Absolutely. We'll probably have you on sometime again soon. Would love to, please. Great. Again, that was the artist Marwan Shaheen. Check out his work. He's an incredible artist and a kind man. And a pleasure to have him on the show tonight. Thank you again. And a big thank you to Amir here in the studio. You've been listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Dalakwi. Have a wonderful night.